Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Please do keep the, your Bibles open. Uh, Psalm 19, you're going to need them as we look through these words uh, over the next 15 minutes or so. But I want to start with some questions for you this morning. Are you ready for my questions? One, one is. A few. <laughs> Depends what they are, Vicar, you're thinking. Are you hearing from God at the moment in your life? Could you say that you know God guiding you day by day as you walk with him? in your life at the moment? Do you know God comforting you? Could you say that you know the Spirit of God convicting you of your sin? Do you hear God's gentle whisper? Now, if the answer to any of those questions is no, then there's a problem. The risk is that God's voice is being drowned out in our lives by the volume of many other voices that we listen to in our lives. And we live, as you know, in a time of spiritual and moral confusion. You just need to look to the news to realise that that's true. There's questions around identity and sexuality and integrity among our leaders. And on top of that, all of us need wisdom and guidance to live our lives for Christ on a daily basis. And the challenge is that we have this cacophony of voices speaking into our lives from a variety of different places, telling us how we should live. And not all of those voices are necessarily intrinsically bad, but if we listen to those voices more than we listen to God then we're not going to flourish in our lives as God intends it. And we won't hear God clearly. Sometimes I meet with people and they say, David, it's really frustrating. I'm not hearing from God at the moment in my life. And I ask them, well, are you reading the Bible daily? And they look a little bit sheepish and say, well, I mean, you know, maybe not daily. We need the word of God to feed us and to sustain us and to grow us in our faith. And that's what I want to pray for us now as we look at these words in Psalm 19. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that we live this side of the cross, that we have the whole of scripture in our hands today in a country that allows us to read it and study it and digest it and speak of you. And so, Lord, would you help us to draw closer to you, to grow in our faith, to be sustained and guided by you, Lord, as we look to your word, both now, this morning, and every day of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
God is good and God is generous. I said that a couple of weeks ago, and I still mean it. And one of the ways we looked at two weeks ago, God's goodness and generosity was through creation. We looked at the words of Genesis chapter 1. God breathing life into this world. And as we look at the beginning of Psalm 19, if you have a look at this psalm with me, the the beginning of the psalm, starting from verse 1, there's echoes of Genesis in there as David the psalmist speaks about God's glory revealed in the heavens and the earth. He writes, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. It's one way in which God, his goodness and his generosity are revealed to us. But there are other ways in which God reveals his goodness and generosity. And one of those is through his words. The gift of God's word, scripture that we're looking at now together. And God wants to speak to every single one of you today. And in fact, every day of your lives. But the question is this, are we listening? Are we feeding on his word? Have a look at the second half of the psalm, which we've just read together, verses 7 to 14. David speaks about another way in which God is revealed to us through, as it says here in these words, his law, his statutes, his precepts, his commands, his decrees. In other words, the word of God. Now, we have to remember David didn't have the privilege that you and I have of a printed copy of the whole of Scripture before him. But nevertheless, here in this psalm, he helps us understand the nature and the benefits of God's word and our response. And so what we see, if you look at these words, verses 7 to 14, is there's a pattern and a symmetry to what David is writing here. So it begins with some synonyms for God's word. So if you have a look at verse 7 of Psalm 19, we read the word law, verse 18, statutes, and then precepts, and on it goes. And after each of these, we read six adjectives that describe God's word. His word is perfect. It is trustworthy. It's right, radiant, pure, and firm. These are attributes of God's word. And so if you're here today and you are looking for some answers in your life, if you're facing a challenge or a difficult decision, this psalm is absolutely clear that the authority of God's word is firm. Scripture is unchanging. His word is not only trustworthy, as we read here, but it is firm. All the answers are in here. If you're here today feeling guilty or fearful or betrayed or grieving, whatever you may be going through, all the answers you need are right here. But we need to read scripture, digest it, and most importantly, follow God's guidance for us in our lives. You know that in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we read, Paul writes that God's word is called the sword of the spirit. And part of what we do every day, I hope you do this as well, is I pray on the armour of God. And I pick up the sword of the spirit 
to equip me and to help me in my life as I live for God. And so it's no wonder if we're not holding this sword of the Spirit that we will struggle. You will face huge challenges if you're not holding this sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. And then after each of these adjectives that we've just read in verses 7 to 14, we read a series of verbs. And if we go to the next slide, thank you, Melissa. This is what we read. Have a look through the list in, verse, in Psalm 19. The benefits of reading God's word. Scripture refreshes your soul. When you're feeling weak or confused in your life. Scripture will give you wisdom when you're looking for guidance in terms of a decision or a, anything you're facing in your life. Even those day-to-day choices that we have to make. Scripture will give you joy even when you find yourself in a valley. God's word will give light to your life when it feels like the darkness is crowding around you. And God's word warns you of danger so that you won't wander off the right path and get into trouble. And scripture brings a great reward to each one of us because God is good and his purposes for you are good. And he longs for each one of us to flourish in relationship with him and to live life in all its fullness. I was really moved this week reading about a French nun called Lucille Randon. That's my best French accent right there. Um, you may have read, she passed away. She, well, she, I, I won't use those words. She has gone in, there she is. She's gone into glory at the age of 118. She was the oldest woman on this earth. She was born in 1904. She lived through two world wars and under the leadership of 27 French heads of state. That's remarkable, isn't it? She kept working as a nun in the south of France until she was 108. If there ever was an advertisement for us all to go and live in the south of France, there it is. Liz, I feel the call. But Sister Andre, as she was known, lived a full life. And by that, I don't just mean a long life. She lived a life in all its fullness. And I love this photo of her. Just look at her, because here is a woman who knew her Lord intimately. Isn't she beautiful? Her face just radiates the love of God and that closeness that she knew from walking with her Lord for 118 years, listening to his voice. And whatever you read about her, it's clear that she held scripture closely, being guided and led by God every day of her life. And so we too, like Sister Andre, can be refreshed and given joy and light and purity as we read scripture. But we also read, have a look at verse 11 of Psalm 19, that God's word also warns us. It's often said that reading scripture is like holding up a mirror to our lives 
that as we read it, we see ourselves more clearly. And so as well as being encouraged and strengthened by reading God's word, we're also convicted of our sin as we read the Bible. David writes in verses 12 to 14 how scripture brings our sinfulness into the light. And he writes here in verse 12, if you look at it, about firstly hidden sin. Those sins that are things we do and say and think that we may not even be aware of that are sinful. But as we read scripture, the Lord shines a light on those areas of our lives. He then goes on in verse 13 to write about willful sins, the things that we do that are just plain disobedient to God as we turn from him and turn away from his commands and decrees. I had a, some of you know this, had a chaotic upbringing as a child. Both of my parents were alcoholics. They were, the whole family were non-Christian. And so I got to um, a young age where I was angry and I was bitter and I was desperately seeking answers in my life. And I found this on a bookshelf in my family home. Bear in mind, my family were not Christian. And it's a little New Testament and Psalms. And if we could have the next slide, please, Melissa. Uh, this is the, the, the opening page. And you can see, I don't really remember how old I was, but I was, I was of that age where, you know, when you sort of scribble something in capitals in very sort of scrawny writing. And I, I remember opening this little Bible. It was the first Bible I'd seen. And I, I read these headings that you can see there. Well, I hope you can see. And it says, where to find help when. And if you go down the list, life's problems, events, and crises. And you can imagine, perhaps, that certainly in the environment I was in, these words leapt out at me. And I dived into this little book. And underneath, at the bottom, it says, it quotes the words of John 5, chapter 24, where Jesus says, whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. And I remember reading that and thinking, I feel close to death. I need life. And every single page of this little book that I read, and some of you be surprised, this is not the NIV. <laughs> I found Jesus. And I still do. Every single page of the Bible, I find Jesus. The psalmist says in verse 10, God's words are more precious than gold and sweeter than honey. And I want to plead with you all today as your pastor to throw yourselves into Scripture. To be better disciplined at reading God's word. And I'm saying this for your own good. I've got to a stage of life now where I can go without breakfast, but I cannot, I mean, Liz would testify to this, 
I cannot go without reading God's word first thing in the morning. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the dark at the moment. And without it, I am hopeless. You can use a a reading plan. I use Bible in one year. You can access it through greyfriars.org. It's on our homepage. You can use whatever reading plan you like. I really don't mind. But please, open scripture every day, however much you read, to let the light of Christ in, to guide you and to lead you in your life, to comfort you. And I say this as your pastor, to convict you of sin as well. I need it and you need it. Hebrews 4 says, The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is God's goodness. He loves you so much that he wants to warn you and me of the dangers that lie around us, the prowling lion. And I can stand here today and tell you, do not mess with the devil. Ephesians says, stand firm. In love, I am warning you all today. Hold on to the sword of the Spirit. Read God's word, digest it, and stand firm, God's people. Finally, in verse 14, David prays that his thoughts and words would be pleasing to God. It's interesting, he doesn't end by saying, may the thoughts and words be pleasing to you, God, my judge and my accuser. He says, my rock and my redeemer. David is reminding us that God is unchanging, that even in those moments when we sin and we turn away from God, we can come back to our rock, the one on which we stand who is unchanging and we come back to our redeemer the one who has paid the price for our sin Jesus went to the cross taking your sin and my sin and the sin of all humanity past, present and future so we can be forgiven and live freely without condemnation God is loving and generous. He is quick to forgive as we turn back to him and put our trust in Jesus, as we repent and surrender to him again. And that's what we're going to do now as we share Holy Communion. But I want to give you some space, a moment between you and God. All I can do is pray for you And point you to our Lord Jesus. It is down to all of you to turn to him and to repent and surrender again. So let's take a moment to do that in silence. And then I'm going to pray and then John will lead us in communion.
And so, Lord, I pray, have mercy on us. Humble us this morning before you. As we repent and turn from our sin toward you, Lord. And as we prepare to join together in sharing Holy Communion, we are humbled and thankful for your sacrifice that you made for each one of us. Purify us, your people. Grow us in holiness and righteousness. And fit us with the armour of God. That we would pick up that sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. And we ask, Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.